I bumped into a fan of the show in town, mm-hmm. in town locally, and Rachel... That, that's probably like thousands of them. Yeah, it's quite hard. hard. Not depends where you are, really. Yeah. And Rachel nominated or asked us if we wouldn't mind awfully considering that reviewing Harold and Maud. She mm. is a fan. Yeah, well, uh, thank you. And I had never seen it. I'd never seen it. Really? I, I had seen this a long time ago, but I knew nothing about it and had managed to miss something incredibly important about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like a, a fresh Completely entry brand for new for everyone, basically. Yeah. yeah. And she did point out the Cat Stevens soundtrack. Are we allowed to call him Cat Stevens? You talked about they, dead naming. They did in this and film. Yeah, but it was 1971 and he'd moved on after that. So I don't know. I think. Well, when he made that music, though, would that not have. Well, that's. I don't, they know. Didn't I don't know. Get the film. On changed. my Spotify thing, because I often listen to the soundtracks yeah. all week, it comes up with Yusuf Islam. Islam. Islam slash Cat Stevens. Okay. It's a bit of a mouthful on a podcast. Yeah. Anyway, what a weird film. This is 1971 and it's the film starts with a kind of a tracking shot, but really only of someone's feet. Yeah through what you can kind of tell is a fairly plush, elaborate room of some description. And I was vaguely aware of what the story was. Mm. So, because you're not really given that much information, straight away my mind's like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I thought it was a funeral. I thought it was going to be a funeral, but it isn't. <laughs> yeah, this is Harold, the introduction to Harold. Yeah, and I thought this was all real. Yeah, you know, same. Was, I had not, no, I knew nothing about it's this. It's great, film, other than I'd heard the name before, and and so it was a good excuse to actually. I just knew an older lady, younger fella. Didn't even know that mean. relationship of some kind. Didn't know, like, didn't even know right, that. Okay, so yeah, but I didn't know about his predilection for kind of death and suicide fantasies and stuff. Mm. So that's what this is. It starts off. He and hangs he, himself. He clambers up onto a chair, noose goes around his neck, and he kicks Jared. And you th- and like for me, like not knowing anything, I was like, "Fuck like that!" Well, because it's very <laughs> slow and deliberate. Yeah. He put, he comes in, like you say, it's Name a tracking tag. shot of the feet, and then it pans up to the hands as he puts "Don't Be Shy" on by yeah. Cat Stevens slash Yusuf Islam, <laughs> and then you know he lights some candles, he moves around. It's the whole three or four minutes at the beginning, and then literally just steps on a step, and and you see his feet swinging, you're like. Oh, right. Okay. And, and, then, and then a lady, walks, a lady in. walks in who like, completely ignores him. Yeah. That's, um, well, I was I, waiting for the scream, thinking, oh, she just hasn't noticed him. That's as soon right. as she sees him, there's going to be a blood curdling. But then she looked over and she calmly picks on. up the phone. And she picks up the phone, yeah. And then it's not even about the guy hanging there. <laughs> well, just as she's about to be put through, she says, I suppose you think that's very funny, Harold. And then she gets back to cancelling her appointments and mm. organising her life. And then Harold is now... Meanwhile, now he's sort of pretending to choke and stuff so that we're all in on the gag. But yeah, it was a pretty yeah. black start, isn't but it? But it lets you know what you're in for right from the beginning. I like that. You know, and you know still... this character quite quickly yeah. after one scene. You think, all oh, right, okay. And the dynamic, because he's still hanging there pretending to choke while she's reminding him that he's got dinner at eight and he needs to, <laughs> uh, you know, be ready for that. So Yeah, and, and yeah. I took him to be quite young i thought he was almost like a, a teenager or something but he's older than that isn't he isn't he i don't know his age in the film i think i i had him at very early 20s yeah okay yeah like 2021 20, something like that because it it transpires mum's trying to marry him off they well, live in this big old that. house don't they i mean the house is yeah it seems like she's a single mother because you never see any any father figure at all no that's right yeah and Harold dresses in a very particular way. He's very smart. He's always suited and booted, even for just casual sort of 
day-to-day stuff because it does it goes to a lot of funerals so you yeah. expect him to be better normal well you just... find that out because they have this big dinner and she's just constantly running him down mm. at the dinner and uh, you know he's saying he's really sickly even as a kid really yeah. hammering it home what a kind of disappointment and uh, you know just crushing his spirit and then when she goes to the bathroom in the dinner party he staged another elaborate suicide <laughs> where he slashed his wrists and there's blood absolutely everywhere and this is the last straw for harold so she sends him to a psychiatrist who wants to talk to him about coping strategies and that's when he says to him what do you do for fun and he says what what gives you satisfaction validation and he pauses for ages and then he says i go to funerals and i was just like instantly reminded it made me think of fight club yeah 100 percent. and then it happens again when we meet maud subsequently um, yeah you wonder how much fight club was travis bickle wasn't it? yeah you know was influenced by this or, mm. or just straight up borrowed well, chuck paulinick yeah he he i read a list of chuck paulinick's top 10 favorite movies and this is in it right so okay right. it, it makes sense yeah so he buys an old hearse he gets the car all cleaned up and he gets all suited up and he goes to a funeral and he looks round and he sees a woman at the back you know sort of a little bit away and she's also she's watching and eating an apple strikes him as odd to her and he later sees her at yeah. another funeral and realizes, much like she's you say, fight, fight Club, yeah. they, where they had their own different support clubs groups. and support yeah. groups and things that they would go to. They're, they're hit, hitting the funerals in this. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, so when he gets home after that first funeral, his mother is waiting for him there. She's obviously completely appalled by the car. And they're, like we've <laughs> said, they're tremendously wealthy. She still, tells him to stop frittering away this time on your drama. Go and talk to your Uncle Victor. He was General MacArthur's right-hand man. He will sort you out. And we see Uncle Victor, who's a one-armed, enthusiastic colonel. He gives him a military-style pep talk, doesn't he? And then he talks about Nathan Hale. And he salutes the thing. And because he's only got one arm, he's got a (laughs) pre-rigged saluting mechanism. When when you first see him, and he's obviously, he's just got the one arm. And I thought, oh, that must be how they must do that in their best dress, you know. But it's just some elaborate thing. So he pulls a cord and his arm (laughs) can still salute. (laughs) Yeah, perfect kind of salute. And then we next see Harold again. He's drowned in the pool while Tchaikovsky plays and the mother's just swimming on past. And uh, back at the psychiatrist, he's... So there's these authority figures in his life, the psychiatrist and the military guy trying to sort him out. And like you said, Dan, there's also his mother who has enlisted this sort of blind date type organisation. She's filling out answers (laughs) on his behalf, completely ignoring what he's... She says, I've gone to the dating database of England. It it already weeded out all the fat and ugly ones. The ugly ones, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, lovely. So, yeah, because her idea is she wants to make him someone else's problem. So marry him off. And and just as he's going through this, he's also getting sweeter and sweeter on and having more fun with Maud because at one point she's... She nicks a car. Which she nicks is the her. vicar's car. <laughs> she nicks the vicar's car yeah. the first week. Yeah. And then at the next funeral... She... Well, she offers him a lift in his car. Yeah. Which she doesn't realise until she's taken him nearly... And she says, oh, should I take you home? And he's like, well, this is my car. I'll take you home. And she lives in a disused... It's a railway. Railway train car, yeah. car thing. Yeah. yeah. And she's, um, what, 70, 80 years old? Well, she's exactly 79. Yeah. 79. Yeah. That's right, yeah. She's about to have her 80th birthday in two weeks, I think. Um, and it's a ticking clock element in the plot. So what else? T for the Tillemans just played, which is nice. They have various adventures, and she's just on at him about just live life with no regrets, just be completely free and don't apologise for anything. Do whatever, Basically, just do whatever you want, live in the now. 
they find a tree that's in a little bit of a sorry state in the street and so she she takes him along and says, look at the leaves are going brown it's a terrible this is terrible we've got to dig it up we've got to go and replant this back in the forest i love this sequence because they yeah. just bomb it down the road in some stolen car with it's like a pickup you know it's a flatbed yeah, at the back yeah. and it's got the Trees the strapped and down the, in there. The, the highway patrol man just follows them and, and pulls them over, and she's just completely upset. Did you see about who it. that was? Tom Skerritt, right? The highway patrolman. Yeah, pretty cool in an early role. Yeah. And she's just completely upfront about, you know, it's not my car, it's not my shovel. I've taken the, that trees from you know wherever, and he's just like, all oh, right. And then as he just gets his notepad, and she just bombs it off oh, and burns it off. Yeah. And then there's this comical scene where she's just doing donuts around yeah. him, basically. Um, and while yeah, his bike crashes his over. bike and, and drives off. They plant the tree. Um, because her thing, you know, it's their sort of yin and yang in a way, aren't they? He's a young guy who's obsessed with death and she's, you know, we haven't really life. explained it very well, but she's very full of life. And yeah, <laughs> she's an old person full of, full of life. Well, he goes to find her at one point and she's nude modeling for some sculptor. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Harold is on a series of dates. The first one <laughs> is Candy. She's a political science student with a second degree in home economics. She's only there because she lost drawing straws with her sorority yeah. sisters, which I think is great. And in the background, while she's explaining all this to Harold's mother, Harold sets himself on fire. And then she comes in from a side entrance. And then he comes in from a side entrance. She runs off screaming and he breaks the fourth wall, looks right at the, yeah. the viewer. Yeah. She, back with Maud, she's got this smell-o-vision box that you can smell 42nd Street in in uh, Christmas time or whatever. Yeah. It smells of snow and stuff. She's completely bonkers. Where else have we got up to? We get the second... The second date, he, he puts his hand down, doesn't he? And then pulls out a big meat cleaver and just starts hacking his hand off at the... Is it the dinner table or yeah. just the, the, the sitting and having tea anyway? So he's just, he's hell bent on sabotaging all. He's not interested. He just wants to spend all his time with Maud. And she she does tell him her plan. Yeah. She talks a little bit about her youth. She talks, she she takes her, she takes him back to her place and she's actually plying him with alcohol. It does make you, you know, it is one of the things that if you reversed it and made it an 80 year old man and a 20 year old girl, you might be hmm. thinking about it in a different way. She's talking about, she likes, she has an umbrella. It was a defense mechanism when she was protecting herself against the big issues of liberty, rights, and justice. And she talks about her youth mm. in Vienna and thinking she would marry a soldier and it didn't. She, she met a doctor, a love lost. You get this whole like mm. 80 years story sort of thing, all little tidbits of information that flesh out her character a little bit. Yeah, she's fantastic. And right. she plays this, it's not a virtu virtuoso performance, but she plays If You Want to Sing Out, Sing Out at the piano, the Cat Stevens yeah. track. And, uh, and he joins It's in. a great moment. Yeah, yeah. He sings, yeah, he yeah. sings, his face lights up. It's like the first time that we actually see him doing anything he's other than moping. Yeah, he's very pale. He's obviously got makeup on to make him look pale, but it's like kind of ghoulish looking sometimes. He's done, yeah, obviously with the stuff that he's into, he's not sitting there grinning from ear to ear but he finally starts to enjoy himself Lighten you know and bit, find yeah. some joy in his life when he's spending time with her and and when he goes to tell his mum after all these dates that he's actually found somebody and he brings Maud it, it's that's a brilliant well know. the moment that they get together is a is quite a beautiful moment as well they have the the hooker pipe do you remember yeah yeah and yeah. they're in kimonos and he's telling Maud about the times he's died specifically the first time which was a science lab at school. He was clearing up. He was mucking about with chemicals and he caused an explosion and uh, he didn't clear it up. He just fucked off home. Basically he didn't tell anybody. And when he gets home, 
his mother gets uh, the two two policemen turn up to the house. She doesn't know that he's upstairs, and they tell his mother that there was an explosion at school and Harold died. In we yeah. didn't find his body, and she faints when on hearing this news. So suddenly, Harold's whole psyche about why he keeps staging his whole. Yeah. His suicide over and over again seems to make more sense because he was he it's the only the time he could got some attention and connection with her. Yeah. And she showed her humanity about him. So he confesses all this to her and she says, you know, you, you decided you enjoyed being dead. You're not dead. You're just backing away from life. And, uh, you yeah. know, this is when they kiss and they, they dance to the blue. But when does he see the tattoo? Well, that is going to happen. That happens right towards the end. But yeah. It's it's when he's telling Maud after they've got together about the third date that's coming up and they've sort of fallen in love. And then we very briefly see it's a blink and you'll miss it shot yeah. of a tattoo on the inside of her left arm, a series of numbers. Obviously, she's a Holocaust survivor and suddenly everything else starts to fit yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Into the third date is the pressure is on Harold now to make a good impression. And it's Sunshine Door. Her name is she's an actress. And when she goes in, did you see she nearly stacks it as she was walking? She yeah. just slipped. Yeah, I yeah. thought that That's was right, yeah. just made it in. They bond over a shared love of knives. And when he starts <laughs> explaining what Harry Kiri is, and then I knew what he was doing, setting up an elaborate, yeah. is what's it called? Seppuku, is yeah. it? And so he, you know, sort of impales himself on yeah. this yeah. katana. And she just says, that was marvellous. Yeah, it has it's... the ring of truth to it. Yeah. And she acts out her own stage stuff next to him and suddenly it completely wounds him because you know she doesn't yeah. take any of it seriously that's what it felt like that in her sort of doing her acting it sort of cheapened his well, yeah. I, yeah but i wondered whether there was a, a kindred spirit there then or, or someone that had a, a potential future for beyond maud for him but well, um, maybe but we don't see her no. again but she, yes possibly possibly the mother walks in and she thinks that harold's murdered her at first that's <laughs> quite yeah. amazing but there's a fairground and that's where we see the director actually the real oh, right. bum looking guy when they're at the fairground yeah yeah and they're stargazing hal ashby, hal ashby mm. and harold gives her a coin that he's had minted that says harold loves maud on it and she says maud loves harold back to him and then she throws it into the sea saying i'll know where it is forever just you know mm. pretty romantic even though it is a grandma and a 20 year old <laughs> he tells his mother he's gonna get married and when she asks who he shows her a picture yeah <laughs> and she is pretty shocked yeah yeah i think that was a pretty normal reaction he'd probably mm. be quite shocked at that the, the the psychiatrist is shocked uncle victor is uncle shocked victor he tries shocked. to talk him out of it the psychiatrist the, diagnoses the it as oedipus complex the priest wants to talk about how disgusting it is that his detail. lovely naked body will be with her yeah. old he says withered flesh sagging breasts and flabby buttocks of maud and it makes him want to vomit yeah seemed a little bit elaborate yeah he seems like he was enjoying it too much but so on Maud's 80th birthday that we've been building up to the whole time, he's filled her room with homemade flowers and they slow dance again to the Blue Danube. And he has a surprise for her after dinner, which I was convinced was going to be a dildo, but it wasn't. <laughs> and she says, brilliant. I can't imagine a better farewell. And he's like... He stopped in his tracks, didn't he? And he's like... What do you mean? Yeah. It's just so I... It's, this reminds me of the Watchman, you know. With the, the, I've already, the, I've already done it. Yeah, it's too late. It's too to late. Stop it. Yeah, uh, I took the pills an hour ago. You know, I'd be gone by midnight, and he's just like, nah. And it's the first time he really, yeah, proper, first, proper any emotion. animation yeah. or emotion, yeah. yeah. And he's he, stunned. He he gets her in the ambulance. He he does, and they get her to hospital, and he's praying for her life, and he's telling her he loves her, and she says, "That's great. Go and love some more." 
she says to him. And I think that more Cat Stevens trouble, Blaze. And we see her at the hospital interspersed with shots of Harold driving in the rain. And I still hadn't completely twigged that she was going to, in fact, die, which she does. Well, I thought he was going to. This was the one where he was going to do it for real as well. Cause well, because his driving is getting pretty risky. Bombing it around in his. He'd been bought an E type Jag to try and get rid of the. <laughs> to try and convince him to get rid of the hearse his mother bought him an e-type brand new e-type and he's just done a cut and shot to put the top of the hearse it's amazing on top of so he's got this jag e-type hearse hybrid and he is hoofing it around and out in the wet it's and it goes off fairly erratic and then you just see yeah you see the car hurtle off a cliff and just not like in the movies it Mm. just it just crashes to the bottom and you're like oh fuck yeah and I was, I was wondering. For, I think is the camera going to pan away, and he'll just be stood at the top. And he does. You yeah, know, he's there. He's he's got. He's playing his banjo because she's aghast that he can't play a musical instrument. Yeah. and teaches him to play the banjo, yeah. and he plays. If you want to sing out, sing out. And we yeah, as, as you said, she's so full of life, and towards the end of it, and he's so unfull of life with his whole life ahead of him, and their meeting, it, it just fired that that light in him you know it was i really enjoyed this film yeah it yeah. was it was really good i, I was i'm surprised i've not seen it before you know it, because you feel like with so many influences going yeah, through yeah. It from fight club and just the the characters themselves yeah it's obviously been highly thought of i don't know whether it won awards this back in the day or well you was, say um... highly thought of dan variety on release famously <laughs> I've got, I've got said have you got well. this one as well yeah. it has all the fun and gaiety of a burning orphanage there you go you see. <laughs> and Is roger ebert who right. i love he didn't like this one and no, a half stars they found they it a little wrong. bit simple wrong. and contrived yeah. i think yeah it's it has it's found an audience like down the line but at the time yeah it just got savaged on right on release. Can, can imagine did. what a topic what a I think it's, a lot of people, it's fairly taboo. Yeah, a lot still. of people can't get past the, you know, we had a trouble with Army Hammer and yeah. Timothy Chalamet and being 17 and 30. Yeah. And, you know, this is 80 and 20. It's yeah a big difference. But the good, th- the movie never really comments on the bizarreness of the relationship. It just presents it as is two souls that have found each other. Mm. And it's really in your own head where it's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to be 80 fucking a 20 year old. <laughs> Edit, can that go? That doesn't need to stay. <laughs> well, no, it's just <laughs> that's, you know, kind of, that's what happens in the film. So, you know, it's so, got a sort of Wes Anderson type vibe to it. Yeah, you can see yeah. him being influenced by this for sure. The Jaguar Hearse was made by the same guy that made the Batmobile. Wow. Really? So good, good good Batman connection there. Ruth Gordon, she was she was Maud and I didn't recognise her from it, but she was Rosemary's Baby was the classic movie right. that I would have known her from. She's one of the elderly neighbours that has the hidden door where they have the coven coven in there. And she was in the orangutan bothering movies, every which way but loose and any which way you can. <laughs> Bud Court. He he lived with Groucho Marx. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. He was oh. in Arrested Development as himself. Okay, he made nothing out of this movie. No, and his career kind of... I've got some of the highlights here. Arrested Development, Dogma, Coyote Ugly. He was in Theodore Rex, the Whoopi Goldberg talking dinosaur. Well, he turned everything down because someone said to him, well, you don't want to just be typecast as like the weirdo. So he got offered loads of those, turned them all down. He turned down One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as like... You know yeah. Jack's role, yeah, yeah, and he really regretted that. And he was he was nearly taking points on this film, as in like right, share of the, the share of the money. And he didn't. He I think he took a really a shitty flat little rate. flat rate. And he says every now and then he gets a check for eleven cents from Paramount for the film. It's just fairly grim because it's like it an excellent eleven thousand. I, I think yeah. maybe it was. 
a little bit ahead of its time. I don't know. It's got a so. bit of a naivety about it as now the sort of emo kid finds manic pixie grandma. You know, you might find a hundred movies like that out release now but yeah. in 1971 yeah. did you see who was nearly offered the role of bud court as well go on elton john wow mm. okay. would have been had no, a different I, look to he, it. it was really interesting to me this guy as well and i was wondering what else he'd been in but as you say not not much he at had all. some great outfits um, in the movie yeah threads um, hair as yeah. well strong hair what's that, that what's yeah just that kind of character he's been done so many other times that weird kind of he sometimes he reminds me a little bit of Damien or... from you know the Omen, like a little bit more grown up, you right? Know, that, that sort of ghoulish look he had about him, you know, with the dark hair and all that. But uh, Napoleon Dynamite was yeah. springing yeah, to yeah. mind as well, just with some of his. Uh... I really think you know, even though tonally they're quite different movies, the Fight Club connections are really quite bizarre because you've got you know it's a similar sort of guy who has everything but you know looking for something else in life and you know meeting people in some sort of alternative way and both having some obsession and you know people both faking their own deaths as well so yeah lots of you you should watch this if you haven't yeah uh, i was i really really enjoyed this Mm. (laughs) it was just a lot of the time i was kind of and i I get what you say because it's your own sort of putting your own lens on it you know but you do sort of think this is fucking weird like yeah. you know this is if this is a big age gap and, and like you say if it is flipped around maybe that's like an inherently sexist viewpoint i don't know but it is slightly jarring but the film itself i loved it thanks rachel for the recommendation I yeah definitely. i never felt the squick until afterwards mm. really because while you're watching it, it's all very believable yeah <laughs> 